Well, how are you guys doing? Everybody good? All right, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here. I am so glad to be with you this weekend. Thank you for coming and being part of our worship services. Um, it is our pleasure to be together. I'm really, this is one of my favorite things, so thanks for coming. If you are new and you're new with us online, would you mind hitting the connect card for us or hitting that connect button? That'll take you to our digital connect card. Those of you guys who are here in the room, if you're first, second, third time with us and you haven't let us know you're here yet, we'd sure love to know that. Um, you could scan the QR code in front of you. That will take you to the digital connect card as well. Or you could walk out of here when we're done and stop at the welcome desk. And we'd love to give you a gift. It's a mug full of really good chocolate and meet you have the opportunity to see how we could pray for you, help you, serve you, like this is just how we can connect you to our church. So um, thanks for doing that. So this weekend, we're wrapping up our series, this vision series that we've been in. It's a three-week series, so it's kind of been a quick one, but um, I'm really enjoying it, so I hope it's been helpful for you, those of you who've been with us. If you've missed the last couple, you can catch them on the website at our Watch Services tab there. But we have this, um, we have this vision statement as a church we believe God has called us towards this. And so this is, this is about who we think God is calling us to become, who he's enabling us to become, and what he's giving us so that we can become this. And it's the, our vision statement is we wanna be a church of generous people who honor Jesus, who love each other, and who serve our neighbors. And so we're first of all church. That, that is in the, the first part of this, and we didn't have, have time to unpack it this sermon series, but we are not a club, we are not a team, we are not a social organization. Even though it might feel like that in some different places around here, we're a church that carries a lot of biblical weight, a lot of theological weight, and we just don't back away from that. We are a church, we're a church of generous people. We'll talk a little bit about generosity later this, this afternoon. I'm excited to be the kind of people who say yes. Like our posture towards God is yes, and our posture towards one another is yes, and so we are generous people a couple weeks ago, we talked about honoring Jesus. Last week, we talked about serving our neighbors. This weekend, we're gonna talk about loving each other. And so I'm really excited for us to do that. This is, this is one of the things that's really important for a church is that we would love each other really well. So we have this vision statement. We also have this visual that goes along with it. So this is a cross. And again, if this is your third week as part of this vision series, hopefully like this is looking super familiar to you by now. Um, for our visual, we, are, we have this vertical axis where we talk a lot about our relationship with God. It, individually and as a church, corporately, we have a relationship with God. He is moving towards us. He's our heavenly father. He loves us. He's offered himself to us. He's offered Jesus to us. And so we're always in this posture of receiving from him. And as we receive from him, then we begin to have some things that we can offer back to him in worship and that we can also offer to each other. And so that's that horizontal axis there where we talk about loving each other, which is here in the midst of our interpersonal relationships here at our church, and about serving our neighbors. Unless we're receiving, then we don't have anything to offer to the people who are around us. And so as we talk about these pieces of our vision statement, none of this is try harder. Like none of this is like we just need to try harder. This is, we believe God is, is giving us some stuff and he is calling us towards some things and so we receive from him and then we can move into what he's calling us to become. And so, so we have this vision, this visual statement. This weekend, we're gonna be talking together about loving each other and we're gonna talk about the three ways that we emphasize around here as a church 
in loving each other, we talk about having healthy interpersonal relationships. It's incredibly important for us to love each other well, that our interpersonal, our close relationships, that those are healthy. About experiencing biblical community, about walking in that and, and engaging in biblical community, having people that you're tight with, that, that you're loving, that you're serving, and they love and serve you back. And then spiritual gifts. God has given each one of us a gift that we have the ability to use in the, in the greater picture of our church. And so I wanna talk about those three things with you. But before we get there, I wanna look at a couple places in the Bible that help us see this, this call that Jesus has put on his followers to love each other. So I wanna jump into that, starting with you in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is, like this is right before he heads to the cross. We're in the upper room discourse, the last night, the last things that he's saying to his followers. And he says to them, he says this, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So. Three things I just kinda wanna pull out of that for us this weekend. The first is Jesus says, hey, this is a new command that I have for you. So this, this new command, it's not like this is brand new because love has really been at the center. If you read through God's relationship with the nation of Israel, if you read through the Old Testament, I mean, like love for other people has always been at the center of of what God is calling his people to. So it's not new like you've never heard this before. It's new really, I would say it, if I could say it this way, it's really kinda like it's this new and improved command to love one another because it's, just for starters, it is sandwiched in between if we were gonna read all of the Gospel of John together. At the first part of John chapter 13, Jesus washes his disciples' feet this act of, of service and humility, and it was unheard of in that day and that time for the leader to wash the feet of the followers. Like it was just this, it was this great act of service on Jesus's part, and so it, that leads into this statement to love each other, and it's followed by Jesus going to the cross and actually laying down his life for his people. And, and so this new and improved command to, to love one another, it's, it's surrounded, like the emphasis is different. And the, and the call and the engagement with it and the example for it and then the empowerment of it. Because Jesus tells his followers, like, I want you, you love each other the way that I have loved you. So that's, like, that is him saying, hey, I'm giving you what you need in order to be able to love each other this way. And he gives us his spirit who lives inside of us. You're a believer in Jesus, God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Romans chapter five talks about how God has poured his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, who he's given to us. And so this new command, it's not like it's this brand new thing that nobody ever heard before, but it's this new and improved, and it's this call and this engagement forward and this enablement for God's people to be able to say yes to it and to lean into it, Jesus says, hey, I want you, here's this new command for you, as I have loved you, he says. You know, and again, he's for sure establishing the bar. He's, this, is, this, is, this is the standard for you loving each other, but it's also the enablement to do so. 
because it's his love for us that results in his love being poured into our hearts so that you and I now have the ability to love other people as I have loved you, he says. And then he finishes that little statement up with it. He says, everybody's gonna know that this is how everybody's gonna know, that you're my follower, if you love one another. So, so we sit here in this day and time, and like you can, you can wear Christian t-shirts, and you can get Bible verse tattoos, and you can put you know, Christian stuff on your social media, but the real way that a watching world knows that, that you and I follow Jesus is by how well we love one another. And this love that we have for one another is not just about what happens in this place. When we love each other well, as Christian people, that makes all the difference outside of this church. And so we have this great command, this new command, Jesus says, I give to you that you love one another and everybody's gonna know. So that, that's the first verse, that John 13, 34 and 35. Second one is in 1 John chapter three, and this kind of verses 11 through 18, but I pulled some stuff out of there for you, just kind of the, the pertinent parts of it, because it's a lot to put on the screen. So 1 John chapter three, starting in verse 11, the apostle John who wrote the Gospel of John, and he calls himself, throughout the Gospel of John, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved, which, which makes me laugh. And, and he emphasizes this Christian duty we have to one another to love each other in everything he writes. And so as he's writing 1 John, he says, this is the message you heard from the beginning. And he's pointing back to this new command, the beginning of our Christian faith. This is the message you've heard from the beginning, we should love one another. And then he says, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. And so for Christian people, one of the ways that you can know that you are a believer in Jesus, that you're in the faith, because we all doubt, right? We all have doubts surface in our heart and in our mind, and like, am I really? This is, this is a beautiful statement of assurance that one of the ways you can know that you are a follower of Jesus, that you have passed from spiritual death into spiritual life is that, that we love each other, that you love other Christian people with the kind of love that we're called to give. And then he goes on to write, he says, this is how we know what love is. Like this is the kind of love that we're called to give. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And there's your, there's your kind of love that we're called to. This is the kind of love that God has poured into our hearts by his spirit. This is the standard that Jesus set. Like this is, this is the kind of love God's people are called to give. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. And then he begins to back that out into a little bit more practical statement. He says, if anyone has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so there's this call again in our lives, and this kind of love that's already been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit is not just like, hey, I love you, man. You know, it's, it's not like, hey, I love you, good luck. It is, it is a call to love with in action and in truth in deeds that line up with the good news of Jesus and his death for us, his willingness to lay down 
his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for each other. And so, so we have this beautiful verse, these love with actions that are self-sacrificing. And that's the call on our lives, that's what we've been equipped to do. Next verse, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, which is his, this is, you've, you have believed the good news about Jesus. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other because God has poured his love into your heart by his spirit. You have sincere love for each other, so love one another deeply from the heart. Hey, love, love one another from this love that God has already poured into your heart. Not, not from the kind of love that's in the culture, not from the kind of love that's convenient or easy, but this deep, self-sacrificing, gospel sort of love that's been poured. So you have, you have received this love, so now we get the opportunity to love each other from the heart so that the world knows that we follow Jesus and it makes a difference out there. So as, as we think about this love that we're, that we're equipped with and then that we're called to share, as a church, as we talk about like who we think God's calling us to be particularly and how all that should look, really falls into three spots for us that we, that we try to emphasize around here. And so as we talk about loving each other, the first place we talk about that and we should talk about and think about that is in, our, in having healthy interpersonal relationships. Like these are your people that are close. These are, your, these are your family members. This is, these are your, this is your spouse if you're married. This is your roommate. This is your significant other, your fiance. Like this, this is that group of people that, that you look at and you say, like, these are my people. I'm, I'm right here with them. And like it or not, we're in relationship with each other. And so the first step in that is to pursue healthy relationships if we're gonna love one another well. So if we were gonna write a word over healthy relationships and, and what, what God would offer to us and what we would like to receive from him in the context of these relationships, that word would be peace. It would be peace and, and really the, the Jewish Hebrew language notion of peace, the word shalom. It's, it's a beautiful word that is, it's wholeness, it's security, it's well-being, it's rest. I mean, could you just imagine if you think through those, those people, those relationships that are closest to you, if the word that, that God would write over that relationship would be peace, how amazing would that be? And, and so as, as we think about our, our interpersonal, our closest relationships, what it's like for those to be healthy, peace is the word that, that is written over that. Now, I'm really grateful for Romans chapter 12, verse 18, because the scripture tells us that if it's possible, and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I'm, I'm grateful for the acknowledgement that it takes two to have this kind of peace. And, and so, what you and I carry into this part of the conversation is the if it's possible and as much as it lies with me, right? If it's possible as much as it lies with you in those close personal relationships, like live at peace with, with all people. 
And so that pursuit of peace, just thinking about some practical ways that that happens and maybe some things for, help us think through some next steps. The first part of healthy interpersonal relationships, communication. And so to be the kind of people who are constantly working at communicating with each other. So it's really easy when things get a little bit sideways to just give up on that communication piece. And so to just say, no, I'm done, closing it down, not engaged anymore. But communication is an important part of healthy interpersonal relationships. And so, so for us to be people who are, who are committed to communicating. Forgiveness is another huge one. This is, this is where the whole series in itself about, about being willing to, to seek forgiveness when we've been wrong and being willing to grant forgiveness others have wronged us. That, that being willing to release somebody else when, when they've hurt us, man, that's a big deal. And that, that requires the forgiveness, recognizing and receiving the forgiveness that God has already given to you and, and walking in his strength to be able to extend it to someone else. You might be able to forgive something little, you know, they, they were a little bit late or something, but like the big relational hits, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, be, for, we're gonna be people who forgive and who walk in forgiveness and the health of forgiveness, then like, we gotta be people who are forgiven and who walk in God's power to be able to forgive. And that, that leads that third one there is it just spiritual growth, personal spiritual growth. The healthier you are, because again, go back to what the Bible says, it says is if it's possible as much as it lies with you. So, so the more I'm in line with who God is calling me to be and the more willing I am to say yes to him and to walk in his way, then I'm posturing myself to receive from him the ability to be healthy. And as, if it's possible, as much as it lies with me, then the more I grow, the better I am at being able to contribute to these healthy personal relationships. So these healthy personal relationships are, are critical for, for us to love each other well. When you think again about your, about your home, about the place you live, the people that you're tightest with, that's like we're committed to healthiness there. We're being called into that. So that's, that's the first layer of that. Second place that we talk about being healthy and, and having love for each other is biblical community. Biblical community. So if those, that first group is just, just your people. It's the closest people to you. Biblical community broadens it out a little bit. But these are your Christian friends. These are, the, these are the Christian friends that like you know them and they know you. And you would say like, I'm close to them. And they would say, yeah, I'm, I'm close to him or her too. And, and so these, these are the people that, that you do life with. These are, these are, the, these are your two o'clock in the morning friends. These are the people that if you have nowhere else to turn. These are the ones that you turn to. This is, this is your biblical community. I was thinking about this this week. There's stuff going on in our culture and some Christian circles about like, you know, like this is my tribe. Or what, here's what your biblical community is. I don't love that tribe thing because it seems to separate us, but here's, here's, what, here's what the biblical community deal is. This is your herd, right? This is your herd. And the reason I think about it this way is because the Bible tells us that there's an enemy of your soul and the image the Bible uses for that is that he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you've ever watched lions hunt, they chase the herd until they get somebody to break off. They, 
and they get the one that breaks off. And your biblical community is your herd. These are, these are the people that like, you gotta stay with to stay spiritually healthy. And, and they need you as well. And so when we talk about biblical community, this is the group of people that we're talking about. And as we think about like the word that we would hang over for personal relationships is, is peace, biblical community, probably the word that we'd hang over that is grace, grace. Grace is this beautiful gift that God gives to us. It's unearned favor, <laughs> it's blessing, it's encouragement, it's help. And because he gives grace to us, we have the ability to extend grace to one another. Unearned favor, blessing, encouragement, help. In Galatians chapter six, verse two, the apostle Paul's writing these words and he says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is that new command that he gave to his followers that we would love one another as he loved us, we would so love one another. And so this, this biblical community thing is about grace that we share and show to one another as we help carry each other's burdens. So a few things that are connected to this in these circles of Christian friends, the first part of that is vulnerability, authenticity, and transparency because these are the people that know you and that you know. And if we're wearing our masks and we got up our walls and everything's fine and nothing's ever like, hey, I'm celebrating this or hey, we're mourning this or hey, I need help with this, that's not real community. And so, so vulnerability, willingness to, because these are, these are relationships of grace, right? And since there's grace there, I could be real. And this, this opportunity is for me to talk about who I am and to be who I am and to be where God has me in, in my process right now. So vulnerability, authenticity, transparency so that we can be where we are and we can move forward together. Fervent prayer. Like these are the people that we pray for each other. Not just like, hey, I'll pray for you, but like, I'm praying for you. And you don't have to remind me and you don't have to ask me. Like we, we know these things because we know each other and what you're praying for, I'm praying for. And if, if this is a spiritual battle in the heavenly realms through prayer, like I am fighting it with you. And where I need prayer, you are fighting it with me. And so there's this, this fervent prayer that happens in these circles of Christian friends, biblical community. And then that third piece is presence in each other's lives. The people who have your back. So we all need people who have our back, and you need Christian friends who have your back, that they are, that they are for you, that they are with you, that if, if the wind is blowing hard on you, they've got your back. If somebody is after you in some way, they've got your back, they've got your back emotionally, spiritually, relationally, like they just have your back. We all need people who have our back, and at the same time, these are the people who get in front of you. If, if you start to get off track, if you start to head in a direction that is unhealthy or unhelpful, that's bad for you or for the people who are around you, we all need people in our lives who will get in front of us and who'll say, stop, hey, whoa, off track, wrong way. This is, the, this is not the way that leads to life. This is the way that leads to life and we walk this together. And I trust them because I know them and because they know me. 
and because we have engaged in life together and when your community, when your herd says it's not this way, it's this way, that changes everything for us. And so, so when we talk about love for each other, not only do we have to healthy interpersonal close relationships, we gotta have our, we gotta have our people around us that, that keep us standing when it's hard and walking in the right direction when there's pressure to go the other way. So there's that biblical community. And then this third circle, this gets a little broader. This is, this is our church. And, and we think about our church and our love for each other in our church. We talk about spiritual gifts. Because God has given you a gift and, and he has given it to you for the purpose of, of loving your church of being engaged with that group of your people who you say, yeah, this is my church. That, this, is where, this is where we're engaged. This is where we're committed. This is my church. So God gives his people, he gives you this gift. And it's, it's for you, but it's not just for you. It's for us. And so you get to exercise that spiritual gift for the well-being of, of your church. And so as we think about loving each other well, this is, this is the broadest circle, but the same call in each one of our lives. And so as so we think about spiritual gifts, this giftedness that God has given to you, the word that we would hang over that is generous. That, that each one of us, because God has, he has been so generous to us in, in the gift that he has given to us in Jesus, in life, eternal life, in in each other and in giving us a gift so we could serve each other in meaningful ways because God has been so generous to us. We have this tremendous opportunity to be generous with one another. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. Now to each one. Like you gotta read that. Because every time I talk to people about this spiritual gift thing, there's, there's people who say, yeah, not me. I, I don't, I'm not gifted. I don't have, you fill in the blank, of whatever objections coming to mind right now. That's false. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have been given a gift. And this is a substantial gift to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, like the way God the Holy Spirit makes himself known to all of us. You have been given a gift that allows you to make God the Holy Spirit known to your church. It's given to us for the common good. So each one of us has a gift. If you're a believer in Jesus, each one of us has a gift God the Holy Spirit gives to us and works through us for the good of the rest of us. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, talking about that gift, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so these gifts show up in different ways. Not like there are variety, various forms that are gift mixed, but they don't all look the same. Not everybody's an upfront person. Some people are behind the scenes person. Not everybody's a behind the scenes person. Some people like to, to do stuff, work on things. Some people like to stand next to people. I mean, there, there are a variety of ways that the Spirit of God makes himself known through you to your church, and you've been given this gift, and how do you make, like each one of us should use it 
to let it flow through us into the lives of the people who are around us. So as we think about these spiritual gifts, few words come to mind. The first is faithful. You've, we've, we've each one been entrusted with these gifts, not just to hold, but to share. And there's a, there's a stewardship there that our Heavenly Father has said, here, let me give you this. It's for you, enjoy it, but like use it for other people. And so there's this, this stewardship that's been entrusted to us. There's a faithful component to this. There's a sacrificial part of this that, that you're giving away. Something that has been given to you, you're giving away. We're loving each other the way Jesus loved us, laid down his life for us. And so, so there's sacrifice that comes in using this gift that God has given to you for the benefit of other people. And so sacrificial is there. And then forward. Like this, is, this is the way that Jesus' church moves forward is when his people use his gifts for his purposes in each other's lives. Because when we love each other well, it makes a difference out there. If you were here last week, we talked about the mission. The mission of the church is, it is the great commission because we get to be part of making disciples, helping other people come to know and to follow Jesus, to be brought into this community and live with mission and purpose. And we get to be part of this beautiful thing. And it is how the church moves forward. So let me tell you something that you may or may not know. So this is not just Christ's community. This is, this is what church leaders across the United States are wrestling with right now. The number one barrier to our church and churches in pursuing this mission of making disciples, following Jesus and making other followers of Jesus, the number one barrier to that is weekend commitment. It's, it's, we're, all, we're all trying to figure this out as church leaders right now. The weekend services are mission critical for making disciples. This is, this is what the church has been doing since the first days, is that God's people have been gathering at the beginning of the week for multiple purposes for coming together, and it's all about making disciples. If we are, if we are going to fulfill the mission, what we do when we gather together is, is of first importance. And the number one barrier to the church moving forward is, is weekend availability, weekend service of, of God's people. So, so pre-COVID, this was not the number one barrier, but something happened during COVID, and now that we're on the way out of COVID, weekend commitment, like we all treat our weekends differently than we did before, and I've talked to so many people about weekend commitment and in church and out of church and serving and not serving. Almost never have I heard somebody have a bad reason for why they're not here, why they're here less frequently, why they're not serving, like it's, it's understandable stuff. And yet, as God's people, we're still, we are holding on to our weekends like we never did before COVID. And so, so I just kinda wanna lay that out there for you. Just, we're praying about this, we're wrestling through this, we're trying to figure this out as a church because weekend services are mission critical to making disciples and, and the number one barrier right now is like, us using our gifts to the well-being of one another. And so, so we're sorting through that. And in saying that, here's what I'm gonna tell you. You can always bet on the church. Because what Jesus said, Jesus said, the gates of hell 
will not prevail against his church. So you can always bet on the church. Church is gonna figure this out, this COVID, post-COVID wonkiness that we're, that we're all working through in our lives right now. You can bet on the church for this, but the faster we figure it out as the people of God, like the more effective we're gonna be in the mission that he has given to us. And so, so we're in this trying to figure out this, what does it look like for us as a church to minister to one another? Because every weekend there are people walking in the doors here and, and nowhere have they been during the week that somebody's glad to see them until they walk here. It's just this amazing thing when we hear from guests, one of the main things we hear back from our guests is somebody greeted me at the door. If, if you're here and you're around every week, it may feel like just like, there they are again. But if, if you're new and you've, nobody's been happy to see you in any door you've walked in all week, that somebody would be happy to see you when you walk in the door at church, it's such a huge win. And, and we need people to stand at the doors and be happy to see people who are coming to this place and to take care of their kids and to help them find their way around and to minister to them in this room and in other places to pour coffee. There are awesome things that happen around this place if you can give coffee to people on a weekend. And, and so we have this wonderful opportunity as a church to be able to, to love each other well in a way that makes a difference in our community and beyond. And the gates of hell will not prevail against church. Code wonkiness isn't either, but we're gonna figure this thing out as we go forward because we're about forward. Okay, so let me, having said all that, let me talk to you about some next steps because we are a next steps church, all right? If you're sitting there, I'm saying this for the third time and not the last time, but if you're sitting there and saying, ah, I think I'm good on all this, no, that's not the vision, right? The vision is next steps. Like how we should all be making progress, taking next steps in our spiritual life. God has a next step for you. you he's not done with you. It's not over for you. There's like there's always a next step. And so this amazing thing, so here's just, this is some stuff to think about. I'm really just trying to start a conversation between you and your Heavenly Father to see where he's drawing you. And so that healthy relationships piece. I need to forgive, and you fill in, like maybe somebody's name comes to your mind right now. That you've just been holding it against them, and you need to forgive them. And there's a lot of work that goes in that, but you've been forgiven and you have been equipped by God the Holy Spirit to offer God's kind of forgiveness to them. And so like, you could make a decision this weekend that would set you free. I need to forgive. Or maybe it's the other side of that. I, I have wronged somebody and I, have, I, I need to ask them for forgiveness. And, and you know, maybe that names your heart and your mind right now. That you need to just humble yourself. God gives grace to humble people just to humble yourself and to go ask that person for forgiveness and maybe you didn't, till just now, you didn't realize that you needed to ask for forgiveness or maybe you've kinda known and you've just been, I'm not, like I'm not doing that till they, wh whatever your circumstances are in that, maybe you need to go ask somebody for forgiveness. Biblical community, I'm gonna make or find some Christian friends. Maybe you don't have a herd. If you don't have a herd, <laughs> you need a herd because if you're off by yourself, like the lion's gonna get you. And, and life is better when you have people that you get to stand with and they stand with you. And, and you're forward in your faith, so Christian friends. Or maybe, maybe for you, you, you have a group of people that you'd say like, I think that's my herd. 
But that vulnerability, authenticity, transparency, fervent prayer, like those kind of words, that hasn't really been part of much of what we do. Somebody's gotta go first in that. So maybe you could be the person who goes first. And you could blame it on me. You could say, hey, Pastor Darrell was talking about this church this weekend, so I'm just gonna blab this out there, and you just, like, you could go first and see what happens in all of that. So, so biblical community pursuing that. And then this last piece with our spiritual gifts, you know, for you thinking through, are you a helper? Do you like to, do you like to come alongside and do stuff? You know, is like, just give me a checklist and some things to do. Am I a supporter? Do I like to stand with people? Kind of these are some of those broad categories of kinds of gifts that God gives. Am I a quipper? Am I an equipper? Am I somebody who likes to come alongside other people and help them like, be ready for what they need to do next? So kind of thinking about your broad categories, figuring out maybe what kind of, kind of gift God has given you. And the second step, really, if this is your church, this is my ask of you, because we've got that big issue with weekend service. When you walked in, those of you here in the room, when you walked in, you were handed this card and it asks you for your name and good contact information, not the one that you, you know, enter contests with. Um, and maybe some areas where you might be moderately interested in figuring out if you've got a next step in sharing this gift that God has given to you for the well-being of your church. And for those of you who are online, if you go to our Connect card, it will just click the I'm interested in serving and let us have your information. We'll get in touch with you on this. And so this would be a beautiful way for us to begin getting ahead of that number one barrier that, that churches are facing right now, get past this COVID wonkiness, start to figure this thing out. And what it will do as, as we love each other well, it will increase our effectiveness in making disciples and it will increase your joy in being a worshiper and a follower of Jesus. It's this loving each other thing. It is, this is mission critical for us as well. And so we wanna be a church that takes next steps in these things. So if, if you guys are here in the room, if you would, if you fill that card out, you can, um, you can take it to one of the tables that are out in the foyer. Each one of these areas has this, you could check the box, that have a table out there and you could go talk to somebody about that. You could leave the card in one of the baskets that are near the exits as you walk out if you don't have time to spend to have that conversation. Either way, we'll get in touch with you and at least kind of start that conversation of what it would be like for you to take next steps in loving each other by serving at your church. So can I pray for us? Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me and let's pray as church how we love each other well. So Father, thank you first of all that you love us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the example of washing your followers' feet, but beyond that for your willingness to go to the cross, laying down your life. This is how we know what love is, that you laid down your life and we ought to lay our lives down for each other. That is a, that is a high call. We thank you for the gift of your spirit who lives in us, who your kind of love has been poured into our hearts, not just for us to hold, but for, for us to share. So I pray that we as your people, as Christ Community Church, we're really good at this, loving each other so that the world knows that we follow you and we have the privilege of being able to, to make a difference in your name in their lives. 
So Jesus, again, everything we have comes from you, so we offer it back to you. And we pray these things in your name, amen. Thanks for being here this weekend. It's been amazing to be with you. Um, I love you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.